Hey, everybody, it's Christian Pedersen, joined by Dan Dickow for another episode of the Gonzaga Nation podcast. Thank you very much for tuning back in. Dan, the draft has come and gone, and we did enough draft prep that I, I think people might want to finally talk about some draft results <laughs> instead of hearing any more postulation about it. So uh, can we start overall with just how do you think it went and then and then go for it? what like what give us the fallout from the NBA draft for Gonzaga and for the WCC? It was a spectacular draft once again for the WCC. I mean, we talked about it or looked at it last year, you know, the fact that there was two two lottery picks, Jalen Williams of Santa Clara and then obviously Chet Holmgren of Gonzaga. Uh but and then Nemhart, you know, was the first pick of the second round. So last year was a good draft. This year, you know, sneaky good. Brandon Pajemski slides in at number 19 um, from Santa Clara. So now I believe it's Santa Clara is one of only six college programs to have back-to-back top 20 picks the last two years. Pretty incredible when you think about it. If you would have asked somebody on the national stage uh, what team uh, from the WCC that would have been uh, kind of likened to, that everybody would have said Gonzaga, but that's not the case. So Santa Clara – uh, is finding pros and then developing pros. Uh, so that was awesome to see for the league. Uh, and then Strother comes in at 29 for from Gonzaga. I think it's a great spot in Denver, honestly, um, because when you look at Denver coming off a championship, they probably, and usually how this works is they go for, they usually go one of two ways, a team in that, an organization that way. One with a very talented young player who they can develop over time, or they're going to go for a little bit more of an established player, which I would consider at the college level, at least Strathers established, that has a winning pedigree and a skill set that they value, which I would imagine the skill set that they value is, is shooting ability. Um, they need shooters to space the floor for a playmaker like Jokic and Jamal Murray as well. Um, so I like that pick. But the other thing about Strother is he's a sneaky good rebounder. And that is a very valued trait in the NBA. You, you kind of move forward a little bit more. Maxwell Lewis gets drafted to his home region. I know he's not from L.A., but he's from the area. So he goes to the Lakers. Um, and then there was a couple other WCC guys that uh, signed either Exhibit 10s, uh, Drew Timmy with the Milwaukee Bucks, Malachi Smith surprisingly signed a, a, as an exhibit 10 with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and then some guys that are, have already signed summer league contracts. Logan Johnson um, stands out to me in that regard. So all in all, I think it was a tremendous draft for the WCC. So uh, any surprises, anything shocked you or, or this feels like this more or less went, how you had kind of predicted. I guess Santa Clara is the big shock that just they've sustained this uh, draft success over the two years, or was there anything else that you took away where you're like, that is sneaky interesting? Well, I think the overall big picture, if you're looking at in particular West Coast Conference uh, and West Coast, I mean, we could talk about the Pac-12 a little bit. Um, I did think Maxwell Lewis was going to go before Julian Strother, but sometimes it is fit. And with that fit comes what I had mentioned earlier, that winning pedigree that Julian Strother had was many times, because I would imagine Julian Strother and Maxwell Lewis were on many teams' boards as being similar players in similar categories. Um, some some organizations uh, value youth and upside as opposed to maybe 
the winning pedigree that uh, Julian Strother has. So I think the pedigree of, of Julian Strother and Gonzaga won out there. But if you look at the, the West Coast basketball in general, no players from Arizona drafted, no players from Oregon drafted. Um, USC this year, this was the first time in a long time, uh, maybe three or four years, that USC didn't have a player drafted. Uh, and then UCLA, many people thought a surprise was Jaime Jaquez going in the first round to Miami in the early 20s. I don't think that's the case at all. I thought that's a tremendous pick. Jaquez just fits the culture of, of Miami almost perfectly. Yes, as we, for the second week in a row, praise the Miami Heat, oddly enough, for a Gonzaga-based <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're picking corner ends of the country there. Obviously, we'll have more breakdowns of how everything went as we start to see these guys grow into professionals. We love all of our Gonzaga and WCC alumni as much as we love active players. But put the NBA draft behind us for just a minute, and let's start talking again about the here and now of Gonzaga. What is the latest on recruiting? Because there's been some rumblings, there's been some changes, some news, and I'm sure people want to get up to date. Yeah, obviously, you know, the portal is such an important thing these days. They've got Ryan Nemhart, Graham E.K., Steel Venters out of the portal, three guys that I think are going to have um, a pretty good um, opportunity to play big minutes in, in very valuable roles. I think e – EK will be a starter. I think Nemhart will be a starter. I think Venters has a terrific chance to be a starter this year. Um, you know, but the the recruiting side is the high school side as well as the uh, transfer portal. And, you know, Gonzaga's still got their eyes on a number of high school kids. Probably the most known uh, potential recruit is the Zoom Diallo, who was from Tacoma, Curtis High School originally. He just decided to, to go to a prep school um prolific prep uh in napa california which we we kind of talked about on a podcast a week or two ago but uh gonzaga is still in his top three or four schools so there's you know a good chance there for him the interesting thing though and there's a domino effect to commitments decommitments transfers etc well gonzaga had a commitment from australian uh young superstar alex tui played in the nike hoop summit uh in in I think early April where the, the best international players in the country are pitted against the best U S prospects. Um, and they play the game typically in Portland at the Rose garden, but he was in that game. He played some, didn't play a ton of minutes, but he's a very high level prospect out of Australia. Just recently in the last couple of days, he has decided to uh, decommit from Gonzaga and sign with what's called the next stars program, uh, for the NBL, which is the National Basketball League in Australia, and sign with the Sydney Kings. Uh, so he's going to stay in his, his home country. What that does is that opens up one more scholarship spot or roster spot, and Gonzaga is being linked to Rutgers point guard transfer. I had my notes in front of me, and, and the name is escaping me off the top of my head. I'm sorry. So if you could pull it up real quick, Christian, as I kind of finish kind of talking a little bit about his game, uh, that would be big time. But uh, he's a player that is a good shooter. He's very experienced. Um, he's been through, you know, the battles of the Big Ten by being in, at Rutgers. And he really wanted to go to Gonzaga. But it just didn't look like a good fit because of roster space for Gonzaga. But with Alex Tui decommitting, there is a roster spot and an opening now. And I do know that, um, you know, he is somebody that is very – 
strongly looking at Gonzaga, and I know Gonzaga is looking at him a little bit as well. But, you know, the interesting part is he took a visit to University of Washington. He's taken a visit to Xavier. I believe he's actually on a visit at Notre Dame now. So uh, if he does not commit on his visit to Notre Dame or I believe his upcoming visit to Xavier, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on campus soon just kind of checking things out on a visit. And you think that overall, even with losing maybe a, a, a link to a great prospect, adding some other pieces, things are going well this offseason for Gonzaga, yes? Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, there's uh, obviously – All people want to hear. Of, of the nitty of gritty of this one style of play works for this se- – I think right now in the dog days of summer, people just want to hear that things, according to you, are still projecting out that next year's Gonzaga team is going to be better than last year's or at least the exact same. Well, I mean, you know, each team has its unique each team's gonna be different, but just pathway to be to being good. And last year, uh, really honestly, last few years, Drew Timmy's been such an integral part of what they do. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see the the changes, maybe the minor tweaks in the offense that maybe had been used five, six years ago that are going to come back because they no longer have that true um, you know, 22 point a night score like a Drew Timmy. Now, EK is very good. I don't think he's going to average 22 points a game like Drew Timmy. He is good. Again, I will say it uh, two, three, four, five times. Graham, EK is very good, but he's not Drew Timmy. So, you know, you're going to have to tweak things offensively. Ryan Nemhart, Nolan Hickman, you're back to having a two point guard uh, attack. If they get the transfer from Rutgers, you know, that adds one more ball handler, decision maker um, to, to the roster, which I think would be a huge benefit, a huge help. You, you fill in some holes with shooting on the perimeter by bringing in steel venters. And, and obviously, then you get the, the growth um, that, that you're going to get from some of your freshmen, your guys like Dusty Stromer, who's coming in as a highly regarded prospect from Southern California. You know, you're, you're throwing in the return of Ben Gregg, who's a I thought showed tremendous stretches of improvement last year. And I haven't even mentioned the the return of Anton Watson, who, you know, coming back for his fifth season, he's, he showed big time improvement last year as being a reliable scorer at times. And we all know what he does on the defensive end of the floor. And we know what he does, you know, setting the tone and playing hard. So um, I, I think it has been a really good off season. I like that though, that every team has its own pathway. Uh, to to being successful. Um, and, and yeah, people can't expect carbon copy team just because it's Mark Few and Gonzaga. It's going to look a little bit different. I am curious with Drew Timmy leaving, and this is on the lighter end of the questions that I will ever ask you, but who's going to replace Timmy with the, the headband game? Because <laughs> he's got a certain look out there that I think Gonzaga fans have just come to be like, all right, big guy with the headbands coming out. Things are going to be good for the next couple minutes on the court. So maybe that'll be something we have to really watch for this summer is who's going to uh, emerge as the team vibes leader, uh, which is the. Yeah. Champion. I mean, that that's a big part of, of any team is, is what's the emotion. Yeah, who's no, no, the yeah, emotion okay. leader? I say, I say it somewhat the... jokingly, but yeah, every team no. needs that guy to be the dude who's just like, Hey, they're on a six Oh run right now. Let's ch- chill. We're going to be fine. Yeah, every team needs that kind of a uh, you know vocal leader. They need the emotional leader. They need the guy who understands how to loosen the locker room and tell a joke uh, when the time is. And obviously, Drew is really good at all of those things. 
you know, I think Anton has a chance to be a good leader because of the the Tony sets with how hard he plays uh, and his willingness to, you know, be such an influential teammate by making plays for others. You know, Nolan Hickman's a little on the quiet side for a point guard, um, but that's something that that I know that the staff's talked about and worked with him on. Um, and it's a process as a point guard of, of growing into being able to tell other guys where to go, what to do. That doesn't happen overnight. Very rarely does it happen overnight. Um, and so I, I like the pathway that he's taken. I think he's got, uh, you know, another big jump coming up in front of him. I, I, I've yet to see uh, Nemhart in person and how he controls and dictates things. But you, you saw a, a guy who was in control of things at Creighton for sure. You would imagine that kind of blends over here at Gonzaga. So you know, the kind of guy who can kind of be the emotional kind of front man at times, it will be determined. Uh, and who knows, maybe it's by committee this year because, you know, last year it was definitely Drew Timmy. Before we get out of here, I've just got to throw one at you. Who was that guy for you guys when you were playing at Gonzaga? Who was maybe the unsung team emotional leader guy, like you said, that could keep the locker room loosey-goosey? So, you know, we had we had some really good leaders in different ways back back in my era so my my junior year uh Casey Calvary was a phenomenal leader in regards to um just making sure guys are playing hard and playing for for the right reasons in, in the right way uh Mark Spink was that but he was also kind of that lighthearted guy where he knew when to crack a joke and, and kind of loosen things up a little bit and the staff actually loved Mark Spank's personality of when to bring in a, a joke uh, to lighten the mood. Uh, so he, he was spectacular at that. Then my senior year, you know, the, the leadership um, it, it's always great when the leadership comes from your, your seniors and many times Gonzaga has got great senior leaders, but they also have, you know, leadership sprinkled in, in the younger grades. Um, so my senior year, you know, it was kind of my probably would say myself, a little bit of Alex Hernandez, um, you know, Blake Step was a quiet leader in, in regards to he didn't say much. Um, but when when Blake said something, you know, people listened because uh, it was probably important because he did. Like I said, he didn't say much like a good Mark Spink reference to close out a podcast uh, here on Gonzaga Nation. Thank you, everybody, everybody for tuning in. You can find us on social media at Fan Nation Zags. You can find Dan at Dan Dickout 21. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you guys soon.